Hello, welcome back for another episode of Friends of the Vine, Wine Podcast. Glad you made it back from the last couple episodes. Hope you enjoyed them, and uh, stay tuned for more of the same. We've got another great lineup for you on this podcast as well. Hope everyone is doing well. We are a wine podcast that is based off the Friends of the Vine Facebook group. And uh, we're not too serious here. We're trying to be a little light on that big topic of wine. It is a big topic, and uh, we try and hit a little bit of it here and there. Try and get some insight, try and get some knowledge along the way, and uh, find some fun fun guests uh, to help entertain us and help provide a little bit of knowledge and insight. So we're going to try and uh, this week, trying to get a great interview with a winemaker out of Ontario. So very knowledgeable, and um, she's got a great portfolio. Uh, she's uh, done some winemaking in Australia and New Zealand, and she spent time in the Okanagan. She's currently in Ontario, working, I believe, for Peller Estates. But uh, we'll uh, we'll chat with her later on in this episode. The bulk of the episode we'll be talking with her, but uh, we're also going to look at the latest uh, from one of my favorite wine critics, who is uh, Anthony Gismondi. He's got a few different things that he's been talking about lately in the Vancouver Sun. And uh, anything else that's out there in the in the wine industry right now. I'm also chasing one more interview right now as well, which is with Brian McClintock, uh, who is uh, I mentioned before. He's from the Psalm uh, Films. They have a new Psalm film coming out uh, this uh, this spring sometime, and uh, it's the third in the Psalm uh, in the Psalm series. So he's featured heavily in that, and he's currently. Uh, looking at different wines in the Pyrenees right now. He's in France right now, and he's in that area. He's traveling everywhere. To, uh, to be honest, the, from day to day, I have to kind of check his Instagram page to see where he's at. So I'm trying to chase that interview as well right now. So hopefully we'll get that before this goes to production. We're also trying to get another episode of the barbecue sessions. That uh, went over really well last episode, and I uh, got a lot of great feedback from you guys on that one. So we're going to try and uh get another one of those organized and uh, recorded the conversations by the barbecue with uh with daryl and i and uh, hopefully that will take place on this episode as well with all these things in mind let's get to this week's episode our first guest interview tonight is with emily obi who is a winemaker for trius winery which is in niagara falls area ontario and she was uh, hard to pin down hard to track down and try and get uh, get her uh, away from the ice wine harvest for uh, at least a half hour. She's actually my cousin as well, which you would think that give me some sort of pull and or inside you know inside connection to get her to uh, sit down for half an hour. But uh, it was hard. She's just so busy. Uh, but uh, we did finally manage to get the interview done. This is it here. So we kind of start off talking about uh, what exactly she is doing right now for. Um, for Trias and kind of what areas is she uh, working in right now and that's where the interview starts. Um, is there a particular line that you're doing or a particular um, grape varietal or just a little bit of everything? Well in Ontario we do almost everything so my main role right now as the maternity leave I'm covering is just overseeing all the vineyards oh, okay. so in the summer scouting every day during harvest 
planning what's coming in and saying what looks good and what doesn't. So it's more great focus in what I'm doing right now. Right. And then once harvest is done, then we move into more winemaking. So oh, okay. I'm also sort of in charge of ice wine, which is why I've been really busy this month. Uh, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Interesting. Tell me, tell me about that. That's, that's, um, I mean, obviously Okanagan has that a little bit as well, but that's, it's something that Ontario is known for as well. Yeah. And I think we're one of the largest ice wine producers in the world, to be honest, the company I work for. So we're doing just thousands and thousands of liters. I think we're doing somewhere around 200,000 liters of ice wine. So, wow. Yeah. It's pretty big. Most, we do more ice wine than most wineries around here do table wine. So, and then the yield is much lower. So when you press the ice wine, you're getting maybe 150, 200 liters a ton. Mm. And for table wine, you know, it's 700, 800. So it's just a small percentage. Wow. Uh, how much, sorry, how much was it again for ice wine? Ice wine is 150 to 200 liters. Oh, a ton. okay. So it's really, yeah, really. Uh, yeah, because the whole point is that you want to press the grapes when they're frozen so you get the concentrated sugary water. It's like antifreeze, right? You have high concentration of solids. Right. And so that presses when it's super cold and then the water stays in. Interesting. Yeah. That's why it's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Concentrated levels like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I know before, like, I know you're in the Okanagan, what was it? I guess it was a couple summers ago now. 2014. 2014. And then before that, you were in Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, and uh, a few different places here. Well, actually, just where I am now at Trius. And uh, I was at Taz for a couple of years before that. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely... That's where I Sorry? That's where I started was at Taz. So I was there for two and a half years. And then I said, I'm going to go learn from other people too. And went traveling and did yeah. kind of the tour. A little bit of both. A little yeah. bit of both is always good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one question, I guess, I've always had because it's, it's one that I've asked other people. Um, I think I, I, when I messaged you, I put it in there is... Um, for yourself, did you end up, was it like a gradual appreciation for wine for you or, or was it something specific that when you started getting into wine and, and kind of getting a passion, was there something, was there a specific wine or a specific moment or was it just a general kind of gradual appreciation, you know what I mean? Well, I was a grad student in chemistry and I kind of, I went into chemistry because I love to cook and I thought that cooking, it would, chemistry would satisfy the same kind of passion where you make something and you get to have a product that you're proud of at the end of it but really in chemistry you can't share what you make with people and that's part of what I really loved so it didn't really satisfy me in that way and then one day in grad school somebody mentioned how winemaking had a lot of chemistry in it and kind of once that idea got in my head I just I Mm. couldn't couldn't let it go so I eventually finished grad school and then went right away to winemaking. Cool. Interesting. That's, um, and like you said, you kind of, you kind of stuck with it and, uh, or it got stuck in your head, like you said. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Somebody just mentioned it and it turned a switch for me. So nice. That's cool. 
Um, and I guess you're going to, I think Ontario is going to be, be your home for a while now. It sounds like. Yeah. I love St. Catharines and Niagara region. So I, I don't plan to leave here anytime soon. Cool. Yeah. As much fun as, um, like it's the same with us when we came back, right? Like it's, it's nice setting up, setting up in the, in one, one place like for us being out here in BC and stuff, right? And after all our traveling as well. Yeah. Being far far from home it's nice to be back yeah exactly yeah well my family obviously isn't around here but they're close enough my mom's fairly close so yeah exactly this feels like home now so yeah and like you said if if the plan is to keep you permanently after this uh, after she comes back from from my leave then uh, it'll it'll work out well for you yeah hopefully yeah Otherwise, maybe I will have to move out to BC. <laughs> well, you—I mean, you were—you were out here before. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of jobs there compared to Ontario because we have a lot of schools and training programs here. So yeah, there we produce a lot more qualified people, so there's a lot more competition for jobs here. So. What's your thoughts on? Speaking just speaking about BC wine for a second, what what's your thoughts on Appalachians and like trying to you know distinguish different areas and stuff? And would that would that ever be a thing that they could that that would work? You know what I mean? I think so. I mean, there's lots of different microclimates in BC, so I don't see why they can't have more Appalachians like with it there's the different regions and then you're talking about sub Appalachians within like uh the valley I mean yeah. there's if you go down south there's lots of different soil types versus the north and the weather's much different whether you're on the east side or the west side of the valley so and then you go up north to Vernon and it's completely different so that's the whole point of sub Appalachians is that you no, this wine comes from this microclimate. Yeah. And, uh, I think there's lots of that. I mean, the valley is long and there's a lot of different things going on there. But so. I guess my, I guess my question as well is, is there's no, cause to my knowledge, there's no government regulations. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing set up for, for specific appellations. Like we, we have names for them or we have regions. But there's nothing specifically legislated, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that would be the VQA that would have to set that up. Because we have it in Ontario, and it's all VQA right. that regulates that. So. Is there anything out right now that um, has your stamp on it, shall we say? Like the Cedar, Cedar Creek stuff, obviously, the 2014 is out now. Yeah, for sure. And then, so I was at Trius in 2015 so any of the 2015 reds are out now the 15 whites are probably gone off the shelves by this point but yeah. uh, the 15 reds should be either out or coming out very shortly and then when i was at taws in 2012 i pretty much had a hand in every stage of those 2012 wines like from looking at the grapes, doing all the lab analysis, doing all the cellar work. And then I moved to the bottling line. So I bottled all those wines as well. So nice. literally every step in the cycle of those 2012 Taz wines, I had a hand in, yeah. in some way. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and I think they're still selling some of those. So yeah. nice. And then this, and then this stuff right now, like you said, you were, 
crazy with the harvest and then and then just moved into the ice wine harvest and so it's been a a crazy period <laughs> yeah and then all the 2017 whites that we made this year will be they'll be hitting the shelves in the spring usually may or june is when all the aromatic whites come out so nice yeah all those trius and 30 bench aromatics that are beautiful they'll be coming out soon remember the wine i picked up for you in vancouver yeah, I think it was a Grenache that I gave you. Yeah, it was a Grenache. Was that a winery you worked at, or was that just a... Yeah, Chapel Hill. That's the winery I worked Chapel at. Hill. Is that available in Canada, or was that something you have to get shipped out? No, that's why I had them. Well, actually, there's a few we get here. Um, I've bought them recently. There's a Cab Sauve and a Syrah that have come through. Like, they're lower-level ones. Okay. So what I had sent to you was all the high-level wines that we can't get here. So. Cool. Yeah, that was that was really tasty. Yeah. Really. That tasty. was actually a cool year. I think I did. I, was it the eleven or the ten that I gave you? I think it was the eleven because I drank a lot of it when I was there. Oh so yeah. I was happy to share a bottle of that. But yeah. That was actually a cooler vintage, so it was. We had that with um, some lamb. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Australian Grenache when I was there. I was, it was something I didn't know they really made that much. And yeah. I bought it everywhere I went. Was that Australia or New Zealand or that one? Australia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. McLaren Vale. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just fun to find other gems that they were making really well there. So. Like that, like that Grenache. Grenache and Cab Soves there were excellent. You don't see a lot of them exported, so. And you were saying those those were ones you could find potentially from that chapel. You could find those potentially somewhere. I found the Shiraz and the Cab Sauve, like their lower tier one. So it's like twenty five bucks instead of eighty. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We um, I went a little crazy this this Christmas um, and found a couple. Like I found the Gervais Chambertin, which is like. It was like 75 or something like that. And, um, and then there was like a Chardonnay the Pop that was like 50 or something. Not too bad, but the the Gervais Chabertin was like, yeah, like 75 bucks. But it was That's delicious. Great. And it was yeah. Christmas dinner. It was Christmas dinner. And uh, so um went really well, actually. And, uh, but it was, yeah, it was so tasty. But it was like, we, I try not to do that too much. <laughs> yeah, I never know whether with, with, Christmas dinner and family, whether to open the really great stuff, if it'll be appreciated or, you know, save that for my wine geek friends. So. Yeah. Well, for, for, for me and my, for my, my, especially my in-laws, uh, they're, they have a great appreciation for wine. And, uh, I, in my first podcast, I kind of went into a little bit about, um, my, my, one of the wines for me was the Township Southern uh, wines and that kind of was a wine there's one called black dog that was really tasty and that kind of for me was the one that really grew my appreciation for wine or really kind of kick-started me and i remember you talking about that when i was there yeah yeah we still we still talk about it but that was my <laughs> that was my father-in-law my mother-in-law um having dinner parties at their house and having uh and him pulling those out and that 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 for me was um the wine that kind of started me yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I'm just going to stop the recording for now and uh, we can chat, chat a bit more. Yeah, sure.
So that was tons of fun being able to actually sit down with Emily or uh, at least uh, be able to Skype Skype with her and uh, get that interview uh, finally sorted out with her. And uh, lots of good insight from her and, and uh, great to chat with her for a while. So we're going to move on to, as I mentioned earlier, one of my famous or favorite uh, wine critics that I like uh, looking at uh, in the Vancouver Sun, which is Anthony Gismondi, and just kind of seeing what's out there currently right now with uh, current trends. And he talks a lot uh, recently about Portugal and the kind of the increase of wines that are coming out of Portugal right now. And I think as well, uh, he's especially uh, writing recently about about Portugal, uh, especially because they're going to be the the main uh, country that's represented at the Vancouver Wine Festival, which uh, is upcoming, and uh, a lot of people are are very interested in what's coming out of Portugal, and uh, that's uh, a big focus for this year's wine festival. That's actually not that far away. That starts on uh, February twenty fourth. And that's uh, for two weeks as well. Um, so February 24th to March 4th. And uh, so there's a great article from him on, uh, you know, the face of, of Portuguese wine right now and what's, uh, what's, been, what's been happening down there. So there's a very recent article from him, from him on that. The other thing he, he does quite a bit is he, he kind of does, you know, a wine of the week or, or you know, what's, what's new and what's, what's uh what's current and what's uh, available to seller as well uh, and what uh, he's interested in uh, as well and he also talks about food pairings as well and that's another big a big key thing these days with uh, with current trends is making sure that it's not just one thing to have a wine that you like uh, it's making sure that you're pairing it properly with the right foods because if you're drinking you, you, you there's wines that you want to drink and there's wines that you like drinking but they may not be your the most suitable for the food that you're eating, so it's finding the wine that you need to pair with your food, or vice versa. If there's a really a wine that you want to have, is finding the foods that pair well, pair the best with it. So that's kind of a, a current uh, a current topic of conversation is getting those pairings down, and, and uh, that's something that will lead into next week's episode, which uh, I have an interview with a uh, an aspiring psalm she's a um she works at a great restaurant in surrey uh she's got her w sets and she's going for her uh, certified psalm so she's uh, one of the topics we talk about in that interview is uh getting those food pairings down for people and how much she really likes to uh when she's serving people get that food pairing down for people a uh, food and wine pairing down so that people are getting the best out of their wine and the best out of their food at the same time so you're getting your best value so that is the next episode which we'll have um, Alex Anderson on that was actually uh, quite a delight to, to chat with her because uh, she not only is she like I said she is uh, working on her certified song right now uh, she actually was in a competition recently and placed second for new aspiring song uh, category and uh, she actually writes as well for the Okanagan Wine Club. She's a wine writer as well, so um, tons of uh, tons of knowledge. And she she's wine tasting twice a week with different groups. So uh, great knowledge uh, with her. And that interview with her will be in our next episode of Friends of the Vine. So yeah, that uh, next episode will have Alex Anderson, and it also will have the interview that I just recently finished up with Brian McClintick 
from the uh, Psalm films and from the uh, the founder of Viticole Wine. So I've, I've mentioned his uh, interview the last couple episodes, but I finally did manage to secure it. It's uh, for me, it's a big one, um, and uh, so yeah, so that's that's finally been secured. There'll be some video uh, footage of that interview as well uh, on the Facebook group and on Instagram as well. I'm gonna what I'm trying. I think what I'm gonna try and do is basically the interviews I'm I'm seeking or the interviews I'm searching out are ones that are kind of meaningful to me and ones that I think uh, you know the the people that I know are listening to these podcasts will will appreciate and uh, get some meaning out of. So uh, this kind of a you know two part basically meaningful for me because I'm the one who's uh, ultimately doing the interview so to me that I, I want to have some I want to feel uh, that I'm getting kind of something out of it and this is a good value for me and a good value for my you know for my passion and uh, what I what I want out of out of interviews uh, people that I, I respect and, and uh, are curious about finding out more about and stuff uh, and then the other part is obviously you know thinking that it would be something that uh, that the listeners would want to uh, to have to listen to what I'm also going to do is a lot of these interviews are going to be done uh, via FaceTime video or, or through Skype. So I'm going to try and do a little bit of a video podcast as well. So some short snippets will be available on the Facebook group and through my Instagram page. And I'll just put up, you know, little two minute clips or, or something along those lines from the, um, from the videos from uh, from the interviews and stuff and so a lot of the audio will be on the podcast but um, and then the rest of it will be you know we'll do, like I said I'll do short little videos as well so hopefully that will you know I know not necessarily everybody will listen to a lot of the audio podcast but if they want to watch the video podcast as well um, that's uh, that's great and the other thing about that is I, I can do like I said Skype and, and FaceTime interviews I can do in-person interviews like the one with Alex is in person at uh, a restaurant called Bricks and Mortar, which is a wine bar in Yelltown. And when I hit some of the other wineries and stuff up in the Kelowna and up in the Okanagan, uh, I can do some sit-down interviews up there. And that way, uh, for the listeners, they can kind of get a sense of where we're at. Just like with the barbecue sessions, the same thing where we had uh, the the chats at the barbecue. So it's it's great for the listeners to listen to and and some of those will have uh, will be videos and some of those will be just audio i've got other interviews lined up as well with um bianca bosker who is the author of the cork dork uh, which is a, a very uh, fun novel that i'm i'm currently working on right now it's a, a great novel about the wine industry and uh i've got a couple other interviews sean nelson who is a psalm for Vija's restaurant uh, he uh, is another interview I'm, I'm getting lined up as well. So I've got a, a few different ones coming about. Uh, I'm going to try and get one with the Township 7 uh, winemaker as well because we always we always chat so much about Township 7 and that original Black Dog wine or, uh, wine that kind of got me got my passion going for wines. So I, I want to try and get one set up with them as well. So some of those will be videos, some of those will be audio. So you just have to check on the Facebook page and check on my Instagram and and uh, if you follow along that way, you'll be able to pick them up. Uh, and again, we'll release these on 
These will be released on iTunes and on the Podbean website as well. I'd appreciate if anyone has any feedback, uh, feel free to email me. Uh, I know it's the only the second episode, but as I work through the episodes, trying to uh, play with the software a little bit and work on volume levels and trying to normalize the different levels between interviews and um, sometimes with a, if it's a Facebook in, or a Skype interview or uh, external interview or just uh, my my broadcasting, sometimes the, the volumes are, are different and trying to work on normalizing those and stuff. So appreciate any feedback. Appreciate, uh, of course, content feedback as well. If there's something that you want or something that you're interested in or uh, there's something that uh, you liked or, or disliked, uh, feel free to send me an email. And that's um, to arctys at yahoo.ca. So that's arctis at yahoo.ca. And you can fire me an email and let me know what you think. So I think we'll leave it at that for this uh, episode. Thanks again to this week's guest, which was Emily Obie winemaker from Ontario for Trias. Take care. Have a glass for me.